0: Now, there was a man named Lazarus who was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And this is the same Mary whose brother Lazarus was now sick. This is the same Mary who poured perfume on the Lord and then dried his feet with her hair. These sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the friend who you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory of God. So the Son of God might be glorified through it. See, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. And yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in that place two more days. Then he said to his disciples, Come, let's go to Judea. But Lord, they cried, Just a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and you want to go back there? So Jesus replied to them. He said, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Man who walks by the day does not stumble, for he has the light of this world to see. It's when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he'd said this, he went on to say, Our friend Lazarus, He's sleeping, but I'm going there to wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll get better. They didn't understand that Jesus was talking or saying that Lazarus was dead. They thought he was talking of natural sleep. So Jesus spoke plain. He said, Lazarus is dead. But I'm glad that I was not there, so that you might see and believe but now let's go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, which is Greek for the twin, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go with him, so that we too may die. Once he arrived, he had found or he had heard that the Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was, only, was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary, her sister, remained in the home. My Lord, she cried, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now God will do whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I know he will rise again at the resurrection in the last day. I know. Because Jesus said, I, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha replied, I believe that you are the Christ, the Savior, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet entered the village. He was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were in the house with Mary, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When she had come to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, And all the Jews who had come with her were also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they said. Jesus wept. Then some of the Jews said, See how he loved him? But still some of the others said, Could not this man who had opened the eyes of the blind kept this man from dying? Once more, deeply moved, Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. Jesus said, Take away the stone. But Lord, cried Martha, by now there is a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Martha, didn't I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So he took away the stone. Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. But I knew that you always hear me. I have said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. And after he had said this, he cried out or called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with linens, and a covering was around his face. Jesus said, Take these grave clothes off him and let him go, set him free. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus had done, they put their faith in him. I've been reading and reflecting on this amazing story for a while now. Came to this story about Jesus and about death and hurt. Because I'm asking the question where is God when it hurts? Where is God when our heart is broken? Where is God when our marriage is falling apart? Where is God when when I have this amazing loss, this horrible loss? Where is God when it hurts? Have any of you ever wrestled with that question? Maybe a few of you. You don't have to raise your hand or anything, but how many of you are wrestling with that question right now? Maybe someone you love or care about is in hospital and it doesn't look good. Maybe some of the things that you dreamed about, dreams you had for life, are not working out and your heart is broken. And you're asking God, where are you? God, are you involved in this? How are you involved in this? This is one of the biggest questions of faith. It's interesting, Tracy and I on Netflix, there's a whole movie about it. About where is God when it hurts? For centuries, since the beginning, for centuries, theologians, pastors, just people, normal people like us, have been asking, God, where are you when it hurts? So much time is given to this that they actually have a name for it. It gets its own name in in Christianity. It's called theodicy. Wrestling with the question, if God is good and all-powerful, then why do bad things happen? Because if he's good and bad things happen, then maybe he's not all-powerful. Or if bad things happen, then maybe he's all-powerful, but he's not all good. People go round and round. And some people come up with really complex answers to it. Some people come up with really simple answers. But I want to come to this story about Jesus and Martha, and Mary, and Lazarus, to see what we could learn from this story, what we could learn from Jesus. And there's just a few, I mean, there's tons in this story. There's tons of things happening here. But I noticed a few things as I was working through it this week. One of them was that nowhere does John tell us that Jesus planned or caused Lazarus' death. And I say that because sometimes we say it's part of God's plan. And and maybe it is. I, I mean, I think God does plan difficult things. But I'm not sure if that's always the case. I think a lot of time this world is just broken. It's fallen. And things don't work the way they're supposed to anymore. There's sin in the world. We do things to each other that I don't think God ever intended. There's death in the world. And when God created humanity, death was not a part of it. That was a result of the fall. And sometimes it's consequences. I I think God wants to bless us and help us, but sometimes I think we bear the, the consequences of choices we've made. I mean, sometimes people think, you know, I'm why am I having heart trouble? God, what are you trying, like, why are you doing this to me? And I think sometimes, you know, maybe it's not so much God, maybe it's that you ate so many cheeseburgers and bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning. Sometimes it's consequences of choices we've made. But we don't know if there's any consequences with Lazarus. It reminds me of a story that Jesus, when he was in a synagogue and and a man was uh, blind, and the disciples asked him, Lord, is this man blind because of his parents' sin or because of this man's sin? And Jesus' point was, it's not because of their sin. And he healed him. Sometimes we think that bad things happen to us. There must be some sort of connection. And maybe there is. I don't mean to say there's not. Sometimes there is connection. But sometimes there's not. Sometimes bad things just happen because this world is broken. Creation is fallen. It doesn't work the way God intended it to from the very beginning. And I say this because sometimes... Uh, When someone dies, I hear people say, you know, the Lord took them home. And that's very true, and I trust God to take people home. I trust God because I see who he is in Jesus. I trust God to take people. But I think sometimes, it's not so much that God takes people, as that he receives them. And what I mean by that is sometimes they just die. God is there to receive them, but I don't know if he necessarily took them (laughs) I don't know, maybe I read too much into that, but I think God is there to receive them. A few years ago, actually five years ago, uh, Tracy and I, um, Tracy miscarried one of our children. And that was a hard time for us. And maybe God took our child, took our child home. But I also think that maybe... Maybe just bad things happen. God received her. I think it was a her. God received her. And he loved us, and he was heartbroken too. And it was interesting, it made me think of this, is that our doctor, he was trying to encourage us. I know he was. And he said, you know, sometimes God just does things that we don't understand. And that statement is true, but I think at the time, and maybe I misunderstood him, I think he was maybe saying, you know, God did this and we don't understand why he did it and maybe God did and that's God's prerogative because he's God but there's this part of me maybe I'm wrong that I think actually I don't know if God did that I think it just happens sometimes but God still loves us and cares for us still loves our child I say this just so that sometimes I think we try to figure out it makes more sense to us or it's more bearable if we can just figure out that there was some purpose or some, some, some plan that had been a part of it. And sometimes I'm just saying that I don't know that it is. I think mean, God is faithful. And sometimes I think bad things just happen, but God is still there. So that's the first thing I was noticing in the story is that nowhere in this story about Lazarus does it say And Jesus planned for him to get sick so he could do a miracle. Or that Jesus planned for him to die so he could come and raise him. But the other side of this coin, and I hope I'm not confusing it the other side of this coin is that God does have a plan. God does redeem difficult situations. And sometimes that redemption requires things that we don't understand. I mean, Jesus loved this family. John tells us that numerous times, I and mean, even the sisters say the friend who you love is sick. And Jesus heard this, and yet he stayed there two more days, which is hard to understand. Why did he stay there two more days? I mean, I know in the text, I know he was staying there for, for God's purpose, so that God would be glorified. I can see that in the text, but it still, I still wrestle with how is that part of God's plan. Or why is that part of God's plan? Maybe is a better way to say it. But I trust Jesus in it. That he had a plan in this. He was following God in this. When Jesus heard that that Lazarus was sick, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God might be glorified through it. There is a bigger plan there something bigger than even we can understand. And I don't know, I mean, John doesn't tell us, but I wonder what it was like for Jesus to wait those two days. I mean, was it just business as usual? Or, and this is my thought, this is my guess, was it tearing him up inside? Knowing that the friend who he loved was was dying or dead already? And that the sisters, his Lazarus sisters, Martha and Mary, who you'll hear in like Luke and John, like they are disciples of Jesus, knowing that they their hearts were breaking. I think it was hard for him. But there was still some redemptive plan. There was some still some plan of redemption here. Even though it included two days of waiting for Jesus and suffering of the sisters. God still had a plan. God was still at work redeeming the situation, even though it looked horrible from the inside. When there were those who were so close to it, it felt hard and heartbreaking. I say this to sort of hold us in the middle, that we don't become just fatalists and say, like, "Oh, well, you know, every good and bad thing happens as God's direct plan." I think God works and redeems horrible things that happen to us. I can tell you numerous things from my life that in the moment they just were heartbreaking and hard. But I look back now and I see how God has redeemed me through them. I don't know if he was the cause of them, but I saw absolutely how he redeemed me after them or used them to grow me as a person, grow my faith. The third thing that I noticed, so the, the first two things, first thing I noticed that I don't know if this was part of God's plan, but once it happened, I see how God was using it, how God had a plan when it did happen. The third thing that I noticed, and this is the most important part, if you don't hear any of the rest of it, this is the most important, is that God loves us. Jesus loves us, especially when life is hard, especially when life is painful. We were talking about this in our small group this week, this question about where is God when it hurts, and afterward Tracy had a conversation with one of our friends, and they said, "I didn't say anything, but when um, when we were talking about that, I was reminded of that poem, that footprints poem. You know, (laughs) my mom had that in our bathroom (laughs) growing up, and." You know, so many of you know the poem, and it's become a little bit cliche, but for those of you who don't know it, it's a man who has this dream, and he looks back on his life, and he sees two footprints, two tracks, walking through the beach. And I remember, I can see my mom's hanging in the bathroom now. It's the beach. And there's two footprints. And he says, except for the hardest times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. God, why did you, why did you leave me in my hardest times? And the Lord says, it's not that I left you that I carried you. It was great to hear our friend say that. I'm not even sure, I'm hopeful that he'll start following Jesus one of these days, but um, it was great to hear him say that. Like, where is God when it hurts? And that's what he thought of. The thing is, Jesus loved this family. I mean, John, in his story, tells us numerous times, That he loved these sisters. He loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Not only that, but Jesus wept. When he saw how heartbroken they were, Jesus wept. That's the only place in Scripture where we hear Jesus weeping. It shows me how deeply he loved them. You know that, because I see maybe some people have this idea of God that when they started weeping stuff, like almost like that God is kind of cold and just says, "Well, don't cry. I've got a plan. Don't worry. I'll fix it. Or it's working to some greater good." I think sometimes maybe people have this idea of God that God is cold and hard. Jesus was heartbroken when he saw them weeping. So he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled, and he wept. And instead, he was overwhelmed again before he got to the tomb. His heart was broken for them. I just say this because that even if things don't work out how we think they should, God is still there. And he still loves us. Especially loves us when things are hard. So maybe some of you are thinking, okay, you know, thank you, Jason, for that. Like, you know, about God, and maybe that's helped some. but how do I live this out in my life? How do I do this? And if I can just suggest looking at how Martha responded, I mean, you could kind of look at Mary's too, and she has a different way, but just this morning, if we can just look at Martha and how she responded. When Jesus came, she ran out to meet him. And the first thing she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's honest with him. Honest with God. I think sometimes we, especially as Christians, uh, are we're reluctant to be honest with God. And I'm not saying be disrespectful. I think God is holy and we Should not be disrespectful, but I think sometimes we think, oh, I can't be honest with God. I can't say, Lord, I'm frustrated with this situation. God, I'm heartbroken, and I don't understand why you haven't fixed it. We can honestly ask God those questions. I truly believe that. First of all, because God can take it, He's God. He can take our honesty. But also, too, I see how it helps our relationship with him. When we can be honest with God and we can say, Lord, I don't understand why you're not healing my friend. I don't understand why you're not fixing my marriage. I think we can ask God those questions. I think we can lament. I mean, if you read through the Psalms, there's a lot of Psalms where that's all they talk about. Are people saying, Lord, I don't understand. Or, Lord, where are you? So we can be honest with God. It's good for us to be honest, like Martha was. So she comes out to Jesus and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know, but I know even now that God will give you whatever you ask. The second thing I see in Martha is faith honesty and faithfulness. This question about where is God and has been the ruin of many people's faith. I can think of a few people I know who had something horrible happen in their life and they asked God to fix it and I don't know if he didn't just didn't fix it or didn't fix it the way they wanted it fixed, I don't know. But they just said, you know what? If God can't do this, then I don't have time for God. And sometimes I've even heard people say, you know, I don't even believe there is a God anymore. And sometimes I think maybe they do mean that, like they don't believe there's a God. But I think sometimes people say that because they're, not because they don't believe, but more because they're angry with God. That's a way to reject Him and to, to work out their anger against God. So I see Martha and her faith. Jesus, and her face not perfect. I mean, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she says, I I know, Jesus, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I mean, I know, I've heard you say that. And he says, no. No, you don't get it. I, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm going to raise your brother right now. And it's at that point that Martha says, and Jesus asks her, do you believe? And she says, I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are, in their words and in their language, the Messiah, the Savior who has come, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world. She makes this amazing proclamation of faith. So I see this, I see Martha modeling it for us. This faithful woman modeling us, modeling for us how maybe we can respond to God when life is hard with honesty. Lord, where are you? Lord, why is this happening? Lord, my heart is broken. But I know you are the Christ. I know that God will give you whatever you ask. I know that you are the one that I can trust. And maybe it won't work out the way that I want it to or the way I expected it to, but I still trust you. That's faithfulness. And sometimes I think maybe we get it wrong. We think faithfulness is getting what we want. I think faithfulness, at least in my experience in my life, has been trusting God even when we don't get what we want. I mean, lots of times he comes through, and I praise God for that. But sometimes it doesn't look the way that I wanted it to. So maybe some of you are saying, okay, you know, I, I see maybe I can read some more. Like, Go read the story. It's, it's John chapter 11 to read it. To go and learn from Martha about honesty and about faithfulness maybe some of you are thinking, how can I begin working out this week? What can I do? I, (laughs) I would say just one thing, but actually it's two. Do two things this week. Be honest with God. If you're in that place of wondering, God, where are you when it's hurting? To be honest with God about that. Say, Lord, I am hurting. And I don't know why. I don't know why things are this broken. I don't know what you're doing. Lord, I'm heartbroken. Or, Lord, I'm even angry. I'm frustrated. Be honest with God this week and be faithful. I'm heartbroken, but I trust you. Lord, help me to see what you're doing. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Christ, the Savior. So I know this huge question. I know we've only scratched the surface. And I, I'm hopeful maybe this was helpful. I'm, hopefully this hasn't raised more questions than it's answered for you. but Or maybe, hopefully, it has raised more questions for you. But hearing this story, I'm reminded that That not every bad thing that happens is God causing it, but I do believe God is at work in it. And He has plans of redemption. Our God redeems even the most broken situations. And in the midst of all that, He loves us and weeps when we weep. His heart is broken when our heart is broken. So we can trust Him to be honest with Him and to be faithful. Amen.